This episode is brought to you by the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Sometimes everything just clicks. Like when your favorite song comes on at just the right time. When there's two tickets left for the show. When everyone in the crew can agree on what album to listen to. When everything just feels right. That's the feeling of the first ever Toyota Corolla Cross. Available with all-wheel drive, Qi wireless charging, and advanced JBL sound system. It's everything you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Learn more at toyota.com. Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates. The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, I just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google/certificates. Good morning, Unmatch the Hatch. Yeah, <laughs> it got me messed up. You me ever think it. Do we need to write it down, the intro? No, I, think I so. got the intro, but y'all made me overthink it with how I messed it up the first round. Good morning. This was our 10th take on the intro. <laughs> it was our second. <laughs> but we can, we can keep on going from here. Yeah, I think that's I like good it. enough. People like, need yeah. to know that, hey, this isn't a natural process. It just kind of right. happens. It just kind of happens. Right. So, all right. Well, this is Unmatch the Hatch. I'm Landon. I'm Cliff. I'm Will. I'm Zach. So we oh, should yeah. probably... Whoa, you just cut off the head. Dang, man. Who's on the oh, phone? He's Thanks. still here. That's nice. Ian, say what's up. Yeah. What's your name, Ian? My name is Ian. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Air Guitarist. All right, so what I was trying to say before I cut Ian off, which is my bad, is Will being on a new person on the podcast, we should probably let him introduce himself a little bit more and say how he knows all of us. Yeah, like that's we a good did. idea. Uh, my name is Will. I know everybody here pretty much through fly fishing. Um, started, I got into that a little bit, started fly fishing in 2012. Um, fished all my life growing up. Uh, family moved to Colorado and then my dad just randomly one year, like, hey, come up here and try this fly fishing thing out. At the time, I wasn't all that interested. I was more interested in uh, shed hunting with them, but <clears throat> went out, and as I say, I got hooked, and uh, so I've been fly fishing since then. And then through a local fly fishing store, kind of met everybody. I think I met Landon first mm-hmm. at, uh, I think it was well, we met at the store, but then kind of really hit off Trout Fest. Yeah, so we hung out on Trout Fest that first year all together, and then kind of through there, but nobody else was fishing. Yeah. yeah. Met Ian, uh, I think the first time I met Ian was in Belize, we went on that trip to Belize. Whoa, you guys met in Belize? We did? Yeah, yeah. Tec- I think technically, yeah. That was did y'all not ever eat meat at a Franklin's uh, trip? No, I didn't go the first year. So but Ian wasn't there the first year, or Maybe it was... Maybe it was at Franklin's. Ian was no, Ian wasn't there the first year. No, it was just us three. That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can't remember. I, the first time we actually, uh, I remember spending time, time with, with him, him was, was at, it was in Belize. Belize. Um, and then Zach and Cliff was 
through fly fishing. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of Belize, what's your most memorable catch? Because I know what the answer is. Just spit it out because it's a cheapy. I mean, it, it is just because of the situation and the story behind it, which maybe I'll share eventually. But um, first time ever chasing permit and caught myself a 18-pound permit. So, it was uh, pretty memorable. Uh, two full days of busting my butt and getting yelled at by uh, my guide, Ketchu. And uh, <laughs> he's a yeller. He is. He is. He's a he's a tough guy. But um, that's probably my most memorable. Did how'd you cook it? <laughs> uh, for legality purposes, wow. I will not go into that. Um, well, we're out of their jurisdiction. That's true. That's true. No, that was uh, probably. I've got some others, but that one definitely sticks out. Yeah, that's a I good. I thought you were going to say like you caught a barracuda off the dock, and you were like, yeah. I called a barracuda once. With what? Well, that <laughs> there is that's actually a good story because there is arguments over whether Cliff caught a barracuda or someone else caught a barracuda. The proof is that Cliff caught a barracuda because he is holding a barracuda in a picture. Mm-hmm. But there is argument whether he's the one who caught it or he just stole the fish for a picture. Was it alive or did you just like find <laughs> yeah. a dead what, one? Was that? No, it was it was an alive baby barracuda. A baby. A baby. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it was probably about put your two index fingers together and hold up your thumbs. Yeah. It's probably about that long. Yeah. Still barracuda. Yeah. Yeah. Size don't matter. <clears throat> oh, it's barracuda. That's what I'm told. <laughs> barracuda. Uh, so, yeah, this is Unmatch the Hatch. We are a fly fishing, <clears throat> hunting, South Texas living, outdoor, nature. That's pretty. That pretty well sums up our categories. I'd yeah, agree. Podcast, sure. and uh, we can be found. And I'm going to get this all out at the beginning. We can be found at honeyholeangling.com, honeyholeangling on Instagram, honeyholeangling on Facebook, honeyholeangling on YouTube, and um, yeah, we're pretty much everywhere at honeyholeangling. Yeah, you guys can reach out to us there if y'all want to submit questions or. If you guys want to buy stuff, you can go to our website. If you guys want to check out our YouTube video videos, you guys can check that out. Uh, and as far as, like, new stuff we've released, I don't think we've released anything new since we recorded the last podcast. Basically, Ian wrote a pretty hilarious article that you should check out on our website. And then I released a video of me fishing in the North Platte. You guys should check that out as well. So, I think, Cliff, you have a pretty funny story from this week, or funny to us. I wouldn't say it's funny. Yeah, it's not too funny. Well, there's two things, really. After the last podcast, I realized I uh, left my Yeti bottle here or Mm -hmm. somewhere, and it is no longer in my possession. So if you find a black Yeti bottle with a dent in the bottom, hit a brother up. It's in my cabinet. I, I, believe, I believe it is. You, it <laughs> um, you, you left it here. It's it's. Did you really find it? No, no. Dang it! I looked. I spent like thirty minutes looking. I know you did. Um, but yeah. So after that happened, I called Landon and I was like, "Hey, can you check for this Yeti bot- bottle?" And he's like, "Yeah, I will." And so he checked after he got off work, and then he called me back and he's like, "Sorry, man, I couldn't find it. I checked where you parked. I checked in the neighbor's yard. I checked here. I checked there. Da 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 da. You sure it's not in your truck?" And I said, "Man, honestly, I'm not really worried about it right now. I uh, just broke my Costas." Prescription. Mm. Yes. Oh, so which I is forgot like, that. Prescri- oh. Because Costa has a great warranty. I'm pretty sure unless you have prescriptions. 
Nah, I went today to check it out, but I'll put that in the in the story as well. So, uh, I guess it was we recorded Sunday evening our last podcast, and uh, Monday afternoon I got home after work, and I had stupidly decided to take off the uh, little lanyard thing that holds on the back, the croaky or the cable. And I had it just resting on the bill of my hat and kind of tucked in underneath so it would, it's not like just free floating. I, mm. I took measures for it. And uh, I got home, was sitting down on my stuff, and I looked down and it slid off and hit the LVP flooring that I have in my apartment, mm. which I'm pretty sure that's just wood plank with concrete underneath mm-hmm. it so it's not a softball and i've <laughs> <laughs> you're being very descriptive I've dropped... i'm sure the listeners are painting a real pretty picture <laughs> well you know being in the construction industry <laughs> i know what lvp is when i see it so uh they fell off and i've dropped them before like just normal small drops and stuff like that and nothing's ever happened and so i didn't think about think about it at first i just bent down and picked them up and i noticed that there's a crack in the lens Mm. and on the front of the lens it's all spider web cracked across the left lens and because i am i wouldn't say blonde but i do need prescription glasses and i don't particularly like contacts i got all my sunglasses prescriptioned and prescription coasters are not cheap no so they are price I mean, out there. Coasters Cliff. aren't cheap in yeah. general. But <coughs> yeah, but prescriptions. Well, I mean, you can get a normal coaster for like two, three hundred bucks. Or that's so. expensive. That, yeah, for sunglasses. Yeah, right. yeah. Imagine buying the frame, and then you got to go get a prescription lens put in, and it's yeah. almost double the price of a frame. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're said and done with sunglasses and getting them prescription and everything, you've mm-hmm. spent about. 600 bucks. So, to help Cliff out, we started a GoFundMe. <laughs> Please do. Um, and I've had, these, I've had these glasses since probably early 2018, late 2017. So, they 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 have some years on them. Mm. And, but they were my favorite pair of sunglasses I've ever owned. They weren't mm. like your standard. They were the, in the cut with the... It was the cut frame with the brownish kind of tortoise. No, it wasn't really tortoise, but it kind of looked like a a deck, mm. like a wood decking on the bottom, and then black on the top and everything. Mm. And I loved these sunglasses, and that's why I wore them all the time. And they've survived other dense dings, hunting yeah. trips, well, fishing trips, Co- and whatnot. Costa does have a good warranty because I've sent, I had some tuna alleys, and the. Uh, I've had two things go wrong with them over a lot of use, but both times they've been replaced by Costa. See, I've only submitted a warranty claim on two glasses now. The first one were a pair of uh, Fintels that Mm -hmm. I had and just the rubber gasket around the nose peeled off in the hot sun, which I I get. Mine's already peeling a little bit, but Costa took care of it. Easy peasy, no problem. This one's a little bit more of a bigger issue because it is the actual lens. And the the glasses that I wear right now, my seeing glasses are Costa as well. And one of the name 
or nose pieces broke off of it, and I just took a little bit of super glue and glued it back on. You guys are hearing the outdoors right now. Just, <laughs> yes. Just Why does that? What is that? It goes off at of that time, like every time we record. It sounded it's like cicadas. somebody was making some tea. Like you were firing up. Cicadas do come from England, and they do enjoy we're, a tea time out of we're right. having a tea party. Thirty-five. <laughs> they they are out and about. Um, yeah. They're fishing the bird a couple weeks ago. They're, or a ton of them. Yeah. But yeah, to make the story shorter, glasses fell off my hat, landed right on the lens apparently, and cracked my left lens of my Coastal sunglasses. I went today to submit a warranty claim to them because they're uh, prescription. You have to go through where you got them, not Costa itself. And they said that they would get back to me tomorrow if they can do anything. Mm-hmm. But I guess your prescription's probably outdated anyway, so they're going to have to get a whole new thing. <laughs> no, my prescription didn't change okay i get my eyes checked every year my prescription didn't change gotcha. see mine changes gotcha. every year so like it would be a hassle oh really oh, it, it would it does suck when you do have to but these were fine i could see perfectly out of them like i said they've survived many hunting and fishing trips yeah. around the country and i believe even to belize i took them yeah but uh so we, uh more more to come yeah, word to come if may fix my glasses. If not, we will have to start a GoFundMe page. <laughs> okay. It'll go to my account. You just have to trust it'll make it to yours. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's a good time to mention, too, with the podcast, we are going to get on a weekly schedule. Yep. So, this will be a weekly podcast that will be released on Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings. So, you hop in the car on Tuesday morning, drive to work. And you guys can listen to our Unmatch the Hatch podcast, and we're shooting for an hour and a half, although we have gone over both times. Only by a little bit. Yeah, we're still shooting for it, though. We're, we're going to st- go over again, but we're still <laughs> for it, yeah. Real, real optimistic again. So we got a bunch of questions submitted, actually. Um, and actually, let's see. Paul, your question we answered last week, but you haven't heard it yet because that podcast hasn't been released. But the first question was, um, Stephen sent us a question. You know Stephen from Belize. Mm-hmm. He asked, one rod, one reel, one fly, all you're fishing for one year, what do you choose? Ooh, that's, that's a, good a good question. One. That's a good question. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Go for it. I think I know what I'd do. Well, now that I think about it, I actually probably would do a five weight. You do a five? I think. Yeah. I do more trout fishing than salt fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I do five weight. Say real. Yeah, real. What five weight? Like what rod? Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna do a six weight. Uh, like a like a soft six. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of you know go swing both ways. You know. Mm-hmm. You can be brand specific because this person I f- did a follow up message. Cool. And- so yeah, I probably do uh, H three. Uh, 6F, so the finesse version, because mm-hmm. they have that rod and I love it. And it's a, just such a good all around rod, especially for here in Texas, because mm-hmm. it's like it's finesse enough to really handle some trout or some smaller panfish and stuff, and it's a lot of fun, but it can also like handle a good bass. A, exactly, yeah. a good bass. And I would like to say, like on a like on a not so breezy day, I could probably catch some reds on it if yeah, I had to. For sure. You know, that's uh, a good rod. And then your for, fly, though. Oh, fly? Um, I'd probably do, like, a big, like, one of those chunky Rio getters I get that are, like, not this, the smaller tens that are normal, mm-hmm. but the one I do, like, that's, like, a six or a four. 
Yeah, because you can catch reds on that for sure. Right, that's what I'm like thinking. Like it's it, bad. it could be a shrimp pattern, it could be a crawfish. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. And then uh, real less important to me, but I probably do a hydro so that way I knew I was covered. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, that's a good setup. Cliff, what would you do? Matthew's VXR. Oh, you said <laughs> sorry. That's We're not boat. boat fishing. <laughs> um. Well, you asked what I'd use all year round. <laughs> uh, for fly rod all year round, I would probably go with Cover H2 8 weight because I actually have that. I would probably put a Mirage reel on it. Mm-hmm. I would probably stick with a pop-up crab or a Krabby Patty. Oh, a Krabby Patty? Stealing my fly. Yeah, you're going straight salt. <laughs> like you're you're like yeah, screw like, fresh. Water. Yeah, you're like I don't catch a. I don't even yeah, see you're a like, pan fish. You, you basically yeah. just said I am only saltwater fishing for a year. So I guess that question is really location dependent. So depending on where you are is going to. Yeah, but I right. like to fish but for everything. You yeah. want, so if you want to know my here. reasoning behind it? Okay, let's hear it. Trout fishing in this part of Texas goes from November till really about March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early March. Uh, hunting season lasts from September through really about February, March during mm-hmm. that time frame. So I, would, is- I would rather be hunting, and then the rest of the year when I can't hunt, I'll go down to the coast and fish. And with that, an eight weight, you could you could hit some bass. bass. I could do. I could bass if I wanted to. Yeah, it's yeah, going to sure. be a little overgun for sure. Oh, yeah. But I would say I would rather during. During spring, summer, early fall, really spring, summer, I would fish more. Mm-hmm. And then during hunting seasons, I'd rather go hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense for you. Well, it's a tough question. Um, I mean, like I said, it's got to be location dependent. So here. No, 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 no location <clears throat> dependent. You have to pick one rod. That's the whole That's, point okay. of the question. Uh, so seven weight. I'm doing mm-hmm. seven weight. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's true. You do a lot um, of salt. I do more salt. Well, I I probably do equal amounts, but yeah, been running down to the coast a little bit more than uh, trout fishing, especially here in South Texas. But probably do a seven weight H three, and then uh, definitely Mirage. Yeah, and then fly. I mean, I definitely want y'all know how much I love that pop up crab. Mm-hmm. That overpriced um, <laughs> thing. Works, works. Yeah, you can use one fly so all does day a long. So does so a clouser. Yeah, so does but the red, clouser. the reds hit on more of the crab pattern than a bait fish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I've got a lot of reds I, on the fox. Yeah, clouser. and I, I think that I'm, I'm probably going to choose a clouser as a fly. Because really, you can, you can fish. Okay, I mean, it's a bait fish pattern. You really can fish it for bass. You can fish it. Honestly, you could fish which that I for did, trout. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think I mean, about that side of things. I went straight salt, and I do think that the crab pattern is. For me, it's been more fruitful than a bait fish pattern in the salt. But thinking about it from the bass aspect yeah. of summer fishing, I would probably... Uh, yeah, they ain't going to eat a crab. <laughs> I mean, they might. I'd, but yeah, I'd probably might. go it's with a clouser. Yeah. yeah. Clouser probably the best it's, fly, a, it's, so. a, it's a solid choice. Yeah. I think, you know, Plus seven was, weight, I could do bass. And you could eight, do big trout rivers, could, too. Yeah, like, it'd do. be a little overkill, but it'd be fun still. Yeah, I'd still, you know, you could still uh, fish for trout. And I could still run down the coast with seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do pretty well with the seven. Yeah. That'd yeah. probably be my choice. Ian, what would you do? 
Dude, I would do like a ten wave. Like I've always wanted to get, like a ten inch trout on a ten wave to get like gone that hell out of it. Like, well, he could job. he could run down and chase the tarp tarpons off the jetty then. Yeah, yeah. he could like trout if you're gonna set go, that you gotta go big. Yeah, trout set that thing and tear it out of the water. <laughs> Fling Sorry. it on the bank behind you. That's his fly is a ten inch trout with a ten <laughs> weight. Yeah, he's using musky weight. flies. I do have a 10 weight actually in H3. Um, yeah. I w- yeah. Uh, 10 weight, Able Reel, mm, um, okay. Dang. Uh, Cabela's Line, LLB, Bargain Barn, Bargain Bargain Barn, LLB Leader. Do you want to catch your fish? This one looks good. 16 Wooly Bugger. Boom. Okay. We're in business. What color? What color? Chartreuse. Chartreuse. Mm, yeah, probably chartreuse. <laughs> Dang. All right, man. Close enough. Yeah. All right. All right. So I think I would fish with a saltwater six weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I I have the recon yeah. saltwater six weight, and I love that rod. Yeah. I need to get that one. So I'm gonna go with that rod because I have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna so, go with that rod because I have it, and then uh, real wise, I don't really care. Something nice, Mirage, Mirage LT Hydros. I mean, Nautilus Hatch. I don't. It. They yeah. all are gonna catch fish right. perfectly fine. And then um, with the fly, that's the hard one. Yeah. Um, so I think the fly is the easy one. Hair's ear. <laughs> I was thinking, like, what if I could create my own fly? Because no one said a topwater, and I love fishing topwater. So I was yeah. thinking maybe, like, um, a size, like, six grasshopper. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So I'm tying the size six grasshopper. So it's pretty big for trout, but trout will still eat it. So I could still trout fish. Um, bass will eat it. Panfish will eat it. And then what I do is I'd make, like, a small gurgler head on it for the coast. Yeah. So uh, I could, like, strip it and make it make noise or motion, and then I could also fish it, like, with the gra- like a grasshopper with the rubber legs. But it could look like a jumping shrimp or something at the coast. Yeah. Okay. And then I'd just commit to fishing topwater all year. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you're making a you're making a choice with this, anyways. But this is hypothetical. There's a reason why. Yeah. We all have a quiver. Yeah, I think I'd have a lot of fun only fishing topwater for a year. I still say Matthew's VXR. <laughs> <laughs> Choose a taco fly the whole year. <laughs> that was a good question, though. That was a that's kind a, of a, yeah, that yeah. was a fun that's one. To think. I like that. That was a fun one to think about. Thank okay, you, so uh, the next question um, that was asked, I want to try to think about how to ask this appropriately. Uh, <laughs> Why do I have to get my temperature checked in a less than where the sun ideal. doesn't shine in a less than ideal area when I go to a fly shop because of COVID? And Will has an answer. As a medical professional, I'm going to say you need to stop going to that Tinkara shop over there <laughs> um, and uh, find a new fly shop to go to. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think that's a fly shop. <laughs> uh, the next question is. By from Animal Bro, why is Texas the best state? Oh, cause it is. I mean, <laughs> Cliff I moved from Georgia to here, so obviously, 
So am I the the person to speak on this? Am I the expert? Well, you no, chose this state over another state. That's a good question. Who who is here is actually from? I was and, raised in Texas. Uh, born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah, just raised. Raised. What about you, Will? Born and raised. Uh, Ian. Ian. Uh, I am not originally from here, but I've been here. You got here as quick life. as you could. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I was a kid, so I couldn't choose where I was born. I mean, I, mean, I tried could, to run but... away a few times. <laughs> you know, so you know, make life happened. a little difficult. So I guess as being the resident non-risen Texan here. Correct. I guess I would be the expert on this of our group. <laughs> I think that does qualify. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> Man, Texas is just a great state. There's so much opportunity here, both in the realms of fishing. Uh, hunting possibilities are great. The state as a whole is great, and there's a lot of good cultural aspects here as mm-hmm. well. Um, there's a lot of good food. Texas yeah. has good oh, food. Yeah, for sure. Texas has a lot of opportunity, just in whatever you want I would say do. Their, their food... Is the best Your food. I mean, in the no. World. All right. So they, I think categorically, they, I think like they gotta, do a few things very well, but I don't think that you can necessarily say it's the best food. I oh mean, yeah, no. Had, Texas as a whole has like the most diverse food for yeah, sure. Had you ever like, had a breakfast taco before you came to Texas? Yeah, and I got a funny story <clears throat> I mean, on that. That is like a. I thought staple. I created something when I moved to Atlanta and lived on my own. Made some. I had some tortillas left over. I made some eggs and bacon, and I had some salsa. And I was like, "I'm gonna put this all together." I just created something great. It's yeah, better than a breakfast burrito. We're about a hundred years in front of you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I move here, and it's like, "Yep, no, that was not the case." That right corner of the food pyramid. That's that's a breakfast. Taco. <laughs> I I agree at this point, but as someone. I'd say the the things that Texas has that Texas is known for, they do extremely rail, well. But, but I couldn't say only what's only the only thing important is what's after the butt. But continue. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think that they do a lot of other things well. Like a lot of other things, or maybe just like one or two things. Let's just jump straight to the chase. The public land is where he's 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 going with this. Or was he still on there's food? Not, there's not. There's not a public a lot of. Yeah, I thought he was still on there's food. There's not a lot of public land in that's Texas. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, somebody who's uh-huh. such a big public land owner. And that's where I get ninety percent of public my land owner shirt right now. Right. All right. Texas has none. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say none. Not none. But not none. Our water a little less than two percent. Very um, little. That's true. For a huge. State. So, in my opinion. Vegetables, like a true meat and three type place, Texas doesn't have good options for. Our vegetables suck. <laughs> okay, I mean, if that's, I'll take that's where we're going with. <laughs> Pretty much. If you give me everything but vegetables, I'll take it. I mean, and you can't say that your your food, your Chinese food and stuff like that is better than China's. I mean, no, no. But as far as far as like American like, Mexican food goes. Barbecue. Barbecue, barbecue and Mexican food. Great. All right, so, so we want to stay just in the realms of barbecue and Mexican food. We're just saying what Texas does well. We yeah. like. Right, yeah. and so, I agree with both of yeah. those statements. But, so we you also, food. So food, Texas does. Texas does, well. Texas does 
beef barbecue extremely well. I said it in the first podcast. I'll say it again. I don't think they do pulled pork well. Okay, I don't really care. I like beef. Yeah. See, I think they do pulled pork pretty well. I think it's yeah. I think yeah. it's very uh, it's hit or miss at this spot. I will say as a whole, brisket is king here for sure. Right, and I will say, like I said in the first podcast, the b- brisket here is better than any beef brisket barbecue that you can find anywhere. For sure, and I'll say places like Georgia, Tennessee, their pulled pork is like top of the line. Right, like so, I, I get what you're saying there, yeah. which is which is what I'm saying because when you say the food is better, I got to encompass everything. Right, because we're leaving abroad question open i just think yeah. that as te- like what landon was saying is we're rambling that a lot we yeah. are but what landon was saying as this is such a great place to kind of like i don't know grow and it's and an easy place for people to live and move to that also makes us an extremely diverse mm-hmm. state as well like granted like but like the cities are extremely diverse, and with that yeah. comes a lot of culture, a lot of food, yeah. and people who do that type of food really well. Right, like I said, which is what food. I said in the the start of right. my scenario. I just don't want you to like put that. us in a box that we only do barbecue and breakfast tacos. Well, no, the Mexican food here is also really bomb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, put, okay, I so would foods. much rather say. Okay, so. So we've I think we I think we covered why Texas is the best state. I, I think hunting and fishing. Yeah. Are, are my two big points. And breakfast tacos. Yes. So, the hunting and fishing. I mean, Biscuits the suck here. <laughs> Biscuits hunting suck. is great. I mean, right. it's... it's uh, The opportunities for hunting, especially if you're willing to pay to play. Correct, so, yeah. Are vast yeah. and very phenomenal. And, and, that, and that is also a downfall of Texas, right. is the fact that we don't have It is have such a pay to play. Right. It is, you got to... Well, either have a lease or we know have, somebody that has land. Or I don't want to say we have no public land because we do we have do. almost, I forget the exact number it's of like acres. like 2 million acres or something like right. that. Right. We have a, a lot of public land, but as a state, it, it encompasses like less than 2, like right over 2%. Right. Like yeah. We're a huge state. And so even though that number sounds Right. And a big. vast majority of those spots are very... Hard to get to. Animal specific of what you can and can't hunt. And there are they are very specific in how the means of take for the hunt. Yeah. So during dove season, there's a crap ton of public land spots that magically open up. Yeah. But after that, or if you want to hunt something else, Iron Wall goes down. Unless it's hogs. And people Unless it's pay hog. you to come shoot them. This, this is yeah. true, too. Well, I think we covered Texas pretty well. We do have a lot of other questions. So one, one, well, more, I want to go one into, more shout-out for Texas. I want to okay. go into the fishing because I yes, do think the fishing exactly. here is amazing. Phenomenal. You have, I mean, you've got bass fishing here, which is incredible. Well, you've you got, can, you've depend, got the depending southern. Depending on what you want to do, you go, in a single day, I can chase bass, I can chase trout, and I can run down to the coast, and I can chase the redfish. Yep. All in a matter of a day if I want to drive and not spend a whole lot of time. Yeah. But it can be done. Yeah. I mean, we have the southern, one of the best trout fisheries in the country. Yeah. Here down in South Texas, which is just crazy to think about. And access is super easy here compared to a lot of other states. Like, every place I go to, it's like I have to read all the rules and figure it out. Here, it's like you can drive there on a main road, and and it's a main river. You can get in there. Yeah. Like, it's yep. great. It's great yeah. trout fishing. Uh, you know, you, there's tons of carp. There's tons of bass. There's tons of warm water stuff. You can run down the coast, and you have everything down there. Tarpon are coming around. You got redfish. They've been catching snook up and down the coast a lot. And you got, your, you know, your speckled trout. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of fishing opportunity here in Texas. A lot of carp. A lot of carp. 
right, next, next question, question um, is: Do you do y'all think hunting or fishing is more efficient for having a constant food source? That Carson asked this, and I also think it's maybe a good conversation with our topic for today, um, being alone. Do you want to postpone yeah. it? So, but he said. Maybe te- with the Texas application, I'm going to say fishing. Oh, so he, what he's asking is, is hunting or fishing better for providing, better food. For providing food if all else is remained constant yeah. in the fact that you're not going to go to a grocery store or not? Because the way I heard the question was, is hunting or fishing better than going to the grocery store? And the answer is clearly no. No, no, no. I think. But he's saying it's hunting, hunting or, or fishing. You have to choose one. Yeah. I would say fishing. 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 Yeah. Because you have so many regulations on hunting yeah. that you can't do everything year round. It makes it tougher. And you well, got, like, and you you got white out, tail. You got white tail here, which, you know, you shoot a big white tail, you're getting one, you're getting, what, 50, 60 pounds of meat, if that. Right. So for, two, know, like, for two people, a white tail will cover Kendall and I. For three, four few months, months, yeah, you know, it's as opposed to up in like some of the western states and mountains, you shoot an elk or a moose that covers and you, you for got, a year. You got even more. I mean, yeah. you get a ton of meat off, and that's that, if you so. eat it constantly. And even whitetails are yeah. very dependent upon state because, like, yeah. the whitetail in Georgia, way bigger body, oh, for sure. smaller racks. Right. Yeah. Here, bigger racks, smaller body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, next. Next question is. Um, and this is the last question. What are your pet peeves on the water? Ooh. <laughs> Ian, why don't you start? I think you have a good answer. Um, in the winter and the summer. It in, doesn't matter. In general, Just pet peeves. In general I think they're still going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, people getting real close to you. Yeah. 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 Not respecting your space. Uh, yeah. So, uh, trout, people, you know, splashing around, uh, getting right up on you. Not not passing, but seeing you catch. And let me, I'll phrase it this way. People seeing you catch fish and then getting up in your space. That's my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think we can probably all agree on that one. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think, too, a uh, big problem is, and this is on the coast and some other places where, you know, boats and guides run really close to where recreational anglers are. And I think guides need to remember that it's the recreational angler's water as well, and they need to respect it. And even though it may be a really good hole, if you're a boat and you're going through someone else's water that they were already fishing, they got there first, I think it's their right to have it. You may have to go past them because it may be the only route in the water, but you should move along because you weren't there first. And boats aside. And same thing at the coast, too. Like if someone's, you know, fishing a shoreline or something like that, you shouldn't be running the shore. You shouldn't be running the shorelines anyway. But you, you I can't count how many times at the coast somebody runs right by me when I'm fishing and I'm on fish. It blows all the fish out. It's super frustrating. You're on a boat. You can go. You have endless amounts of spots. Yeah, you have endless amount of water at the coast. It's just so open. River fishing, If you would just not run the shorelines, you'd get away from that problem because we're fishing the shorelines anyway. Just run the channels. Come into the shoreline when you're going to fish. Do your thing. Go back out to the channel. Make your runs. But um, I think think boats – and. You know, I have a boat, and I do a lot of fishing, and I do some guiding, and I try to be very cognizant of other boats fishing and other people fishing. And it can be very frustrating to have, like, a, a client on my boat and someone's in a hole that I want to fish, but I, you know, I, I do my best to just move along and not disrupt 
what they're doing because they were there first, and um, I think we need to respect that. Now, if you have a conversation with that person, if someone were just to ask me, hey, man, you know, you mind if I fish here for a while, for a minute, I would say absolutely. That I don't is. care. Right. Especially if yeah. I've but been fishing there for, like, all day. And yeah, I- but most people don't ask. They just do it. And yeah. I've asked other people, hey, you mind if I cross the river and fish across from you? You know, you just have a nice conversation. You talk with that guy while you're yeah. fishing. You make exactly. a new friend. Um it I think that's the out. biggest aspect of it is, is you know, especially here we have the Guadalupe, and it, it's fish. I mean, it's a tailwater. It's fished pretty heavily. And, you know, the biggest – my biggest pet fee is, like we said, is somebody jumping right in in front of you. Now, if somebody comes up to me and they're like, hey, do you mind if I, I'm going to jump right up here? Where are you fishing to? It, that, that completely changes yeah. the game. They acknowledge that, hey, you were here first. Are you okay if I go jump in this spot up here? Right, for fish? sure. I mean, that, that changes everything. I think it's more about a respect thing than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's almost what fishing it is. in front of you. It's, it's, it's more of a respect thing. Because, yeah. like, at the end of the day, we all know that we're all trying to fish the same water. Yeah. There's only so much of it, so many good holes to go around. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's almost a respect thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was a good question. But uh, that would be my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's not really anybody's fault, but do you guys get frustrated when you pull up to a spot and there's somebody else who, like, pulled up right before you and starts oh, unloading, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, it's like if, like you were there. Not, if you did not stop to grab that taco, you yeah. would have been there before them. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's nobody's fault at yeah. all, you know. But yeah. like, there's still something like like so mad about it. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. Why are you here? Well, you're mad at yourself. Well, you're mad at yourself in it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Especially if you don't have your rig already yeah. put together, no. then you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. a rod Well, that was all the questions. So we're gonna move into. Um, our first segment of this week, which we started last week, which is Creature Watch. Creature Watch. (laughs) 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 Which Zach is going to run. We haven't heard the story, so go ahead, Zach. So, uh, have you guys heard? I wanted to look at, like, local legends, you know, first. Uh So, have you guys heard of the Bear King of Marble Falls? Oh no. Uh, no! This no. is very interesting. Right, <laughs> so <laughs> my that. interest. The Bear King. <laughs> so there's this brewery up there called Bear King Brewery, and I because uh, I go up to Marble Falls every now and then, and I love this brewery, and I was like, oh, that's just a neat name, you know. But apparently, it's based on this story. Uh, it's also known as the Great Bear Man of Texas. Mm-hmm. So it's believed back in like the 1800s and early 1900s that he would protect. The people from bears and creatures that were living in the hill country and in the woods. There are a mm. lot of bears, so it makes sense. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> there are no bears there. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh, but on May 11th of 1901, a girl named Ramey Arland was going out just to tend to her family sheep late at night. Then all of a sudden, as a normal girl would do. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, in 1901, you got you, there's no Netflix. You don't have. There's nothing to do but go yeah, look at your Netflix. sheet. 1801 or 17 or 1901. 1701. 1601. Back in one. You said 1901. So then all of a sudden, there's a scream that fills the air. Right, her mom runs out. What does the scream sound like? I don't know. Can you give us an example? Exactly. Higher than that, that, I imagine. They had the audio recording. We just didn't get the rights (laughs) for it. We did not. (laughs) 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 And uh, so her mom came out and heard another scream, but this one did not sound like her daughter. Like, No, it wasn't like that. No, it was like a sound of, she reported it as a cougar. 
Whoa! Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. like that. That's what like. cougar sound like. So she ran inside, grabbed her gun. Haste of my face. Wow. Oh, that kind of cougar. <laughs> okay. Not that. Not that kind of cougar. It's actually the bear queen of Marble Falls. <laughs> okay. For next week. Or was it? Haste of my face. So mom runs inside, grabs her gun, and goes into the woods searching for her daughter. Doesn't find anything. But also does not find any blood or clothing or anything else. It's clean kill. Clean kill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just swallow it whole. Bears do. Or cougars. So, there's a search party. They didn't find anything. Then all of a sudden, a day later... A hunter's out, just like minding his own business, and you see a girl just struggling to make it through the woods, right? And it is Ramey Arlen. So she reports that she's out tending to her sheep, and a bear comes out of nowhere and stares at her, right? But then a four-legged creature starts running at them, scares off the bear, grabs Ramey, and takes her to his lair in the mountains, now, we live in the hill country where there's no mountains, but <laughs> I'm going to keep believing that Raimi knows what she's talking about. Well, it probably was a cave. Right. Because there are, like... There's a crap ton of caves there, here. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of caves. Like, in Bear County, I want to say... What ask, did Greg say? Ask Gregory Williams. Greg, I think, said there's over 500 caves in Bear County. Well, Whoa. one of these caves might have been the lair to the Bear King. Mm. Mm. So, anyways, this bear takes her back to the cave, or Bear King takes her back to the cave, beats her up a little bit, and then he falls asleep. That's bear kings do. Yeah, as bear, as bear kings do. <laughs> Normal and bear then, king uh, behavior. As the bear king falls asleep, she sneaks out and starts running through the woods and gets found. Wait, why would the bear king save her just to take her back to? I don't think her? he was trying to save her. I think he. I don't. Maybe I don't know. maybe he redecorated or something and had to show Let's somebody. Have him on as I a guest next week. Exactly. Yeah. How many witnesses were there to this? One, just Remy. Okay. okay. All right. But and oh no, no 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 no! At the time, there was only one. But witness. a bear took her, and then the bear king no, saved her. A bear king took her. Yeah, right from the. No no the bear. So what was the four legged animal that took her? That was the, the bear, bear king. king. All right, so then what took her in the beginning? The bear king. The bear king. So he took her, and then he took her again. No, so a bear showed up, and, and he stared sh- at her, king and the bear king was like, "No, you don't bear. bear. I'm going to get her, not you." But this was ten days later. No no, just a day later. A, a day, day later. later. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So Ramey leaves the Not whatever. That's a big difference the between bear, one day and ten days. The bear king took her. Yeah. A bear stared at her. The yep. bear king took her again. To the bear lair. Yeah. To yeah. the bear lair. And then a hunter <laughs> found her. Then a hunter found her. So then the hunter gets a group of his hunter friends, and they all go to the bear lair to uh-huh. confront this bear king. Yep. Right? So they're okay. all there with their guns. They're about to shoot it, and then it stands up like a human and okay. pounds on his chest and then it growls and charges them, so then they shoot and kill it. And next thing you know, they're looking at this half bear, half man thing in front of them. This sounds like Man Bear Pig. Right. It does sound like Man <laughs> Bear Pig. <laughs> it is Bear King, a.k.a. Man Bear of Texas. Man Bear Texas. Did they so, get are there pictures? Yeah, taxidermy yeah. somewhere. There are no pictures, even though they killed it. <laughs> There's no proof. This was yeah. 1901. I mean, the technology at the time. There were cameras was in 1901. Yeah. It so, would have just been a short. Bigfoot. So... Scientists believe that it could have been an early primate or some sort of Sasquatch. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Bigfoot trail. Back to right. Bigfoot. Early back to Big right. So sad sidebar on the same story. I just asked <laughs> Cynthia, who is from Marble Falls. Uh-huh. I said, have you ever heard of the Bear King or the Bear Man of Marble Falls? She says yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, whole thing. Taught <laughs> that in school growing up. <laughs> Only once, though. 
But she recalls it as being a brewery also with really good food. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go to it. It's such a good brewery. Is it? Yeah, man. They put they have poutine. It's great. Oh, nice. poutine's nice. awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's a good creature watch. That's yeah, right. supposed that's to be PG-13. About what? Nothing. Keep on going. Next. Keep on going. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that was creature watch. Next, we're going to move on to Cliff's Conservation Corner. Myth. Wolves are dangerous to humans. Fact. You have a better chance of being hit by a meteorite than eaten by a wolf. Except if you wake up naked in the woods. All right, first off, I'd like to say I do really enjoy it being called Cliff's Conservation Corner. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that name like the other day. C to the like, three. C3. C3. Um, we, need to, we need to add another four or another C for, so it can be C4. But, um, yeah. All right. Sure. So, <laughs> so today in Cliff's Conservation Corner, I wanted to talk a little bit more on the uh, Great American Outdoors Act that recently passed the House and the Senate. Which is what? So the Great American Outdoors Act is a act that will permanently fund uh, national parks, state parks, uh, city parks even, uh, baseball diamonds to dove fields to national managed uh, wildlife refugees or refuges, um, national seashores, and all this other great areas that we like to utilize as a podcast group. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was passed in the Senate first and then it went over to the house uh was passed i believe technically last week sometime by the house but now what we are waiting on is uh trump said that he would sign it if it made it to his desk which clearly is going to make it to his desk and he we're just waiting on him to sign it now Mm. um what it's going to do is place permanent funding and give a lot of material or monitor monetary uh, support to national, like I said, national parks, state parks, Mm -hmm. city parks, and all this other stuff, uh, areas of recreation. And what that's going to do is go to uh, custodial work, so bathrooms and stuff will be updated. Yeah, that's one thing I heard. There's a big backlog of work. Right. Trails and stuff to be cleaned up. Trails to be cleaned up or re like. I don't want to say graded, but like re-ran, so like cleaned up from like Mm -hmm. the shrubbery growing over. So they can pick up people's trash because people like to leave their trash. Right, which that's a big pet peeve of mine. Like it's not, use hot tin with the Snickers bar. Take the wrapper out. It's lighter already. Put it in your, it's lighter already. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, But it's going to give a lot of monetary fund, which gives more personnel and stuff like that, the ability to clean up and uh, keep these lands in pristine condition so that we can further use them later on into, into the future as our children and grandchildren grow up. And now, if now, I remember correctly, it passed in the House and Senate by a wide margin. Yeah. Yes. It was not it was, a close. Right. Uh, it was like 70-something, yeah. 78 or 79 in the, in the Senate. And then it was like 30-something to yeah. 107 in the yeah. House. Which yeah. is awesome. Right, it was a very bipartisan bill. Um, it didn't pass as cleanly as uh, we would have really wanted. How so? 
Um, there was some stuff added in okay. a little as bit as in, into the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Senate, it passed clean. Okay. In the House, there was some stuff taken in or take it, put in and taken out so of it. So because they added it, though, doesn't it have to go back to the Senate? No, because it was very, very minute okay. details okay. and gotcha. stuff. It wasn't like... They didn't add It wasn't major. a bunch of pork that they were adding to gotcha. it. Gotcha. Now, this... It ramps up over the next few years, right? And it's but is it completed by 2025 or is it just like at its full level at that point? I think it's going to be at its majority full level by that point. Okay. Um, and how much money was it? It's billions. Yeah, it's like seven. I don't want to say the exact number because I don't. Nine point five billion. Nine point five yeah. billion dollars. Yeah. That's going to these, and that's going to be everywhere from around. From Florida to Alaska, anything that can be considered public land or public access for recreation is going to get funding from this. Like Mm -hmm. I said. So how do city parks get funding? Do they have to apply for – I'm sure they have to apply for funding. I think they do have to apply for funding if they need it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But um, like I said, it does even go towards like partial funding of baseball diamonds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really good bill. Yeah. And I'm happy that it passed. I did yeah. a lot of legwork through BHA to so get people to... how say. can people uh, still continue to help with this bill? So how you can continue to help with this bill is I would say, A, you could tweet Trump as a reminder, but I don't know if that's really going to help too much. Um, but there is a second part of the bill that is coming up, whereas this part that just passed is more human influential, meaning that it's human funding and going towards lands for and clean up for human access. There is a second part that is about to start coming through that is mainly driven towards the wildlife conservation of stuff. So it's going to actually fund wildlife and wildlife management of the native flora and fauna of these areas especially on like the wildlife preserves refuge areas Mm. national grasslands and all this other stuff that's going to be that's going to come up and we're going to have to start all over again to uh push the house and the senate to pass it Mm -hmm. and again trump said he would he would sign it into law once it gets to his desk that's awesome cool nice work cliff thank you and we're going to move on to the Game Warden Field Notes. Only you can prevent forest fires. Only you. Don't be a dummy. So, <laughs> this is a Texas Game Warden story. I thought this one was pretty good because, um, yeah, I'll just read it and then I want to see what you guys think. So... On September 1st, an Aransas County game warden received an Operation Game Thief Crime Stopper hotline tip from a 12-year-old boy stating a lady fishing nearby was keeping undersized fish. And I'm just going to stop right there. Operation Game Thief Crime Stopper hotline is a hotline in which anybody can call to report people who are breaking the law in regards to hunting and fishing. He said that he could tell... It was not a hard head, and it was too small to keep if it was a red. When the avid fisherman went to see what the lady caught, he told her the redfish was too small. She stated she was keeping the fish anyway and put it in her stringer. 
The boy was very upset, asked his mother for her phone so that he could call the game warden. Upon arrival, the boy flagged on the warden, pointed towards the lady fishing. Um, the warden made contact, who was in possession of an 11-inch 11, 11 redfish. Ooh. Citations and restitution are pending. Um, and what's limit on redfish? Is like 20? 20. Okay. Yeah. 11? Good lord. Yeah. So, like, okay. There's more that? to this story. <laughs> There's more to this saying? story, but that's a good point to, like, Okay, a kid comes up to you and tells you that it's too small, and you're going to go to jail. I'm just going to put on my stringer in front of this kid. It's dumb. Anyway, the story continues. Um, Texas game warden Brent Brent Biggs was an officer. He... he did not reveal to the woman that the boy provided the tip that resulted in her citation. The young angler was fishing and swimming about 200 yards away uh, when Biggs approached the poacher. When Biggs approached the boy to give him the illegal fish, he didn't know what to think. He was a little confused, like it was a trick. So the game warden was trying to give the fish to the kid that was undersized, because I guess at this point it had already died. So he's like, might as well go to some use. Yeah, but I explained that I'd seized the fish and that it had, had to be donated so it wouldn't go to waste, and he was happy to take it. Um, the, just so you guys know, um, the payment is roughly $95 and the fine could be as much as 500 plus court costs. If you keep an undersized redfish, I want to say I'm happy the story came out, but I feel like the kid got under rewarded. Why? Why? According to operation game thieves website from Texas parks and wildlife, you can get a reward up to a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think the reward fits the crime for sure. Like he, he's not like a hero. It's not like, yeah, I mean, he's a hero. He, he he is. Okay. Okay. He is a hero. He did the right thing. He, is he a, did the right thing for sure. At that, but at also that age too, like that's yeah. awesome. He is a child of conservation. Think of it that way. Like, sure. yes, it's a baby step. It might not seem like that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things right now, but that marks a point in this child's life of where he actually did something good for conservation, mm-hmm. for sure. and he can actually earn the title of a true sportsman instead of whatever we want to normally call yeah. ourselves and not do anything to, to protect the species we claim to love. True. And on top of that, we're doing something right if that young of a kid is is out there abiding by the yeah. and knows yeah. the laws yeah. knows that hey oh, yeah, she he was doing rules. something wrong yeah. i know who to call like yeah. we're doing something right here yeah yeah i mean and you know i don't know i don't know if they should have paid the kid um but i do think that now, i'm not necessarily saying pay the kid but maybe we could have given him a fly rod with like a honorary warden like logo on it or yeah. something like that. What if he only yeah. spin fishes? Yeah. <laughs> a rod of his choice. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like. Well, then sh- I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> no, there should be like a little like, you know, catalog yeah, I mean, where kids can pick prizes. Yeah, I'd that'd be cool. That. Or you get a it coupon, would. and when you get like five, you get something like buddy bucks. Like when you catch <laughs> when five, you get five <laughs> you win yeah, yeah, you catch you catch five poachers, you get something. You, yeah. can, you can poach whatever you want. It's you like you, did you guys have to sell magazines in school when you were kids? Like no, sell magazines yeah. yeah. or like popcorn and Boy Scouts. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining a kid being like, man, I want poacher away from a fly rod. You entice people. Hey, you want to keep that fish? No, no, no. That's fine. It's 18 inches. You're good. You can keep it. Don't I won't keep tell it. Anybody. There's a little kid over there. He might be looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was a cool story. Good story. Yeah. And we're going to move on now to um, Ian's segment called Neat Things in Nature. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> – I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know how to – I honestly don't know how to respond to that. That's really easy to be by surprise every time. <laughs> well, so I was looking for um, news, and I don't know if you guys heard about this. There Apparently, there hasn't been a ton of animal news lately, but a bunch of emus got thrown out of a bar in Australia, which was really interesting. <laughs> What's the story behind that? How old were um, they? Okay. I mean, that would be the elder age. Were they <laughs> what's, the, what's the drinking age for right. emus in Australia? I mean, was it his 21st birthday? That makes sense. Like, go all out. I mean, like, every crazy every crazy animal story in North America happens in Florida, and in the Southern Hemisphere always happens in Australia. <laughs> like, um, so apparently these emus, which, if you don't know what an emu is, it's like a pretty big bird. Um, kind of like an ostrich and they hang out by this bar and apparently they got inside and were like stealing food and like to the point where they were stealing like bread out of a hot toaster. He's um, <laughs> my friend. So I wanted to read some quotes. Um, a gentleman named Chris Gimbit, I don't know if he's the owner, said in an email to NPR, it is not safe to get between an emu and food. They have a sharp... Tr- they have a sharp, strong beak, and their long neck can suck up food like a high-powered vacuum. Um, That's how I've always described emus. And this is from this is from NPR. Vacuum. This was posted uh, yesterday. Um, the owner said emus have now been banned from this establishment for bad behavior. <laughs> They have a sign on the door? No emus. Yeah, co-owner Jerry Gambit said, we put the sign up, but we're not quite sure whether they're able to read or not. (laughs) Um, So we've had to put a bar across as well, uh, like a safety bar. Um, Instead of child locks, emu locks. (laughs) There's now a password Um, to get in. This happened in, a local resident said, we didn't think they could climb stairs, (laughs) um, but apparently they can. and yeah, so that happened. Um, <laughs> so, what happens now if an emu enters the bar? Does it get arrested? I don't know. That's a good question. How do you arrest an emu who doesn't have arms? I mean, you. I guess you clip its wings. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't condone animal cruelty. Okay. <laughs> no, you'd be like no. clip it like they do to make them like the like, flightless they can't, birds. Yeah. Cut off their legs. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They put the little like leg shackles, shackles around, yeah. like the old ball and chain. Well, they, they put their head in the gallows, you know. <laughs> they get ankle tomatoes at it. Track it. They track it. <laughs> throw tomatoes at it. I wonder what they ordered. I'm assuming it was that uh, Foster's beer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the, you know, the Australian beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's their favorite. How do you explain the unexplainable? That warmth that fills you up from the inside out? Does it come from the air, the sea, the sun, the people? Or is it something that can't be put into words? Because Aruba is more than a beautiful island. It's a feeling that brings out a happier, sunnier you. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your next visit at aruba.com. 
This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. From now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and TBS. Someone wrote, uh, this was also an additional quote from the New York Times, if they've got a mug of coffee on the little table by the door, the emus will drink all the coffee without spilling it. Um, (laughs) Seems like an uh, Ian story at this point. (laughs) uh, Gimblet, the co-owner, also said we're in lockdown mode. At least it's schemas and not coronavirus. The New York Times article. That's hilarious. (laughs) Apparently, Australia is just having emu issues. Um, If you're from Australia, you somehow stumbled upon this podcast. (laughs) Let us know if this is a problem. (laughs) We actually have thirteen. We actually have thirteen listeners from Australia. Sweet. No, we. That's actually not true. We have one from Taiwan, though. Do we? <laughs> yes. Nice. Sweet, man. All USA. Actually kind of scattered across the U.S. too. We're international. Um, I want to see this map of where we reach. I'll see if I can pull it up later. But see? mostly Texas. Texas. Cool. And Taiwan. I'm assuming Texas, We're Georgia. in two countries. Texas, Georgia, and California. And, uh, and then Taiwan. We're going to be big in Taiwan. I can yeah. Feel it. yeah, I agree. So... Uh, we're actually gone. on time to move on to our next segment. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that was segment. great, though. Yeah, that was awesome. Please continue to bring us neat things from nature <laughs> that are neat like that. So, but we're going to move on to our main segment for the podcast. And we are going to talk about the TV show Alone, which uh, I think I just heard about. I heard about it originally from my dad. And then maybe Sam was telling me about it at the store. I can't remember who told me first. Um, But the premise behind the show is, if you haven't heard about it, uh, it's a History Channel show, but you can also find previous seasons strewn across Netflix, Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon Prime, and Hulu. Oh, really? Yes. So Amazon uh, season six is on Netflix. Season one and two are on Amazon Prime. And then I believe the other seasons are on Hulu. So if you guys want to check it out, um, you guys can. We're mainly going to be talking about season six because that's the one all of us have watched. Yeah. Will, have you watched it? I have not yet. I've heard uh, about it but not watched any episodes. Ian, did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah, okay, awesome. So um, so we'll be able to bring in some good outside perspective. So the, the premise of the show is there are ten contestants, and you have to apply for the show, and you have to show that you are – able-bodied survivalist. Yeah, and they t- they accept 20 people at first to go to New York. Correct. To do like To survive a, there. Yeah, to do yeah, <laughs> <right>. COVID. <laughs> I'm going to catch a Domino's Whoever gets pizza. out in a week exactly. without COVID. Yeah. <laughs> make it. Uh, and then from there, they pick their 10 most competent yeah. people. Yeah, so... Um, really, New York, though? Upstate New York. Because, well, I'm not... 
I'm not saying uh, like New York City or versus, but when you listen to the, like the guys who are producing it and stuff, they all sound like they're from like England. I mean, like I'm sure it's History Channel owns some land in New York, upstate <laughs> yeah. New York, and they just take them there because it's in America. It's, it's relatively yeah. easy to gauge people's. And outdoor there's flights skills. there. I'm sure it's like it's cheap to get everyone to travel there. You don't have to worry about passports, who has them or whatnot. Yeah. But then once you pick your ten, then you can really come through. Like, hey, who's ready to go? Yeah. I'm just saying. I thought it was a little strange that they were going to. All the producers sound like they're English. Oh yes. yeah, no, they do for cool. sure. And they might be. I mean, they probably are, but... Yeah. Um, They're just putting on a fake and, accent. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. Like, we're really going to screw yeah. Cliff. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was their goal. There's, I just want to trip Cliff You up. did it. There's 10 contestants on the show that are competing for half a million dollars, so it is very serious money. It's not like... You know, ten thousand dollars on a fear factor. Or like no, it probably you probably get taxed. So but it bucks. is appropriate per country. So it's five hundred US dollars. Like so like fifty for Canadian. Yeah. So they they give you <laughs> the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and basically, last man standing wins out of these ten people. So whoever can go the longest without quitting. Uh, wins half a million dollars. And they're not updated on each other's progress. They like are, you're just out there in the middle yeah. of nowhere being like, I hope I'm the last one standing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not updated on each other's progress. Um, they are self-filming, so they do not have a camera crew, so they're not getting Snickers like like <laughs> Bear Grylls was be- <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> not going to hotels at Yeah, night. yeah. And they get to bring 10 survival items with them that they get to pick from a list. Um, and everyone picks different things. We're going to talk about what we would actually take. But they are all allotted uh, a certain amount of clothing that don't count as survival items. They get to take a toothbrush. They get to take all the their camera bag. gear. No, sleeping bag is one of the items. Yeah. I mean, should we? Let, I mean, let's read the list. I mean, I got it right here. I'll read the list of things that they're able to take because that kind of whittles it down to yeah. Oh, like the, the, the things that they give yeah, them. Yeah, so the, the yeah. things that they're allowed to take. So you can get one pair of uh, high-legged hunting boots, two pairs of outdoor pants, a T-shirt, two fleece or wool shirts, three pairs of wool socks, a hat, one bandana, one pair of gloves, one light out, uh, outdoor jacket, two pairs of underwear, one rain jacket, one thermal underwear, one pair of gaiters, a pair of Tiva sandals or Keen sandals, a toothbrush, pair of prescription sunglasses, and a personal photograph. Oh, they can bring sun- no, sunglasses. No, no, so glasses. It's, this, this is pr- prescription, no, prescription glasses. glasses. Oh, okay. Eyeglasses, not sunglasses. Sorry. Gotcha. Um, winter pack, so everybody sorry, gets a Cliff. wool. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Cliff. Uh, you get one wool sweater, a pair of gloves, and a trapper's hat. Track, uh, tracking and safety equipment, you get camera equipment to film. Two safety tools, which may consist of a canister of wild animal repellent or an air horn or a flare. One rules and regulations guide, a backpack, a camera pack, emergency flare, a satellite phone, emergency per, uh, personal flotation device, a first aid kit, small mirror, a one twenty by 20 canvas tarp, one the, 10 by 10 no, tarp. No, those are, that's getting into the list. No, of, no canvas tarp, they, they're given to you by, the, yeah. by the people. Oh, they're given yeah. a canvas tarp? Yes. Uh-huh. I thought that was one of the no. items. No. So it. There is a tarp as an item, but they are already you're already given. Yeah. Oh, okay. So one GPS tracking device, a headlamp, and then one emergency ration pack to include water and food. Yep. After that, it gets into all the objects that yeah. are items you can choose from, but you only get ten from this following list. Yeah. And there's okay. forty items on this list, and they can choose ten of them to bring with them, Correct. and nothing yeah. else outside of the other things that will. So and then there's also a prohibited list. So right. there are things that you're yeah. not. Yeah. So before we before we go over the list. other lists. 
Um, basically, they their safety is of high priority because it is a TV show. They are given a lot of safety equipment, and if they have to go in the water for any reason, they have to wear their PFD. They are given a first aid kit. You and know, the satellite phone to satellite quit. Phone yeah. To quit. But also, um, after listening to um, uh, the the interview with Joe Rogan with the winner of season six, he was saying that they send a text message on the satellite phone every night and every morning. Oh, really? Yeah. To make sure you're alive. To make sure you're alive. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's and then they on. get medical checks every ten days. Yep. So they actually come and see them. They only do medical checks, um, and they can disqualify you if, if you've lost too weight. much weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or if you're considered unhealthy. If your BMI drops below a certain level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you have like blood pressure issues or whatever or something else. And they're also okay. allowed to take their medication. But I think you, I think you said that. Um, so you know they're given, they're relatively safe, um, and then they also get. Uh, 10 items. So do you want to list through the 10 items that they get to pick through? Yeah, so I'll list all the items that they get to choose from, and then they get 10 of these. So they're kind of divided up into categories. So shelter, which is where you're thinking the tarp comes in. So you get a 12 by 12 ground tarp. Uh, these are items you can choose from. An 8 millimeter climbing rope, 550 paracord, 20 meters. A hatchet, saw, axe. Then it goes into bedding. So you can uh, a multi-season sleeping bag, uh, a bivy bag, a sleeping bag, or sleeping pad, hammock. Then it goes into cooking, so you can get a pot including a lid, but that's two quart max. Uh, steel frying pan, flint rod set, enamel bowl for eating, spoon, canteen, bear canister. Hygiene, it's got a lot of list. Uh, you can bring a bar of soap, uh, toothpaste, uh, face flannel, dental floss, small um, shower soap, uh, shaving razor, towel comb. Next category is hunting, so you can bring a 300-yard roll of nylon single filament fishing line, and 25 assorted hooks, no lures. Uh, primitive bow with six arrows, cliff. Uh, small uh, gauge gill net, and there's some parameters on that. Slingshot catapult, a net foraging bag. <laughs> bring a catapult. Wait, 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 hold yes, up. You yes. can bring a catapult? You can bring a slingshot or a catapult. There, that's all it says. There's what no... about a trebuchet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A three, that's a three point. No, I, feel like, I feel like that's an error. Like, how can you wheel a catapult you... in there? Are you going to siege someone's catapult? <laughs> Is that like, now you on kidding? your list, Ian? A uh, 3.5 pound roll of uh, trapping wire. Then it goes into food. You got food options. So you can bring five pounds of beef jerky, five pounds of uh, dried legumes, lentils, mix, which is your starch and carbs, five pounds of biltong. I don't even know what biltong is. It's like a uh, South African beef jerky. Okay. Um, then you get five pounds of hardtack uh, hard military biscuits, five pounds of uh, chocolate, five pounds of pemmican, five pounds of gorp, uh, which can include raisins, M&Ms, and peanuts, five pounds of flour, two pounds of rice or sugar, and one pound of salt. So next it goes into tools. So you can bring a pocket knife, a hunting knife, a multi-tool, a sharpening stone, a roll of duct tape, a small shovel, small sewing kit, carabiner, LED flashlight, or a pair of ice spikes. And so that's your list. So you can choose 10 of those items. And then there's a whole list of um, prohibitive items. Yeah, I don't think we need to read those. Even, I mean, but it's, it's things like phones, it's guns, guns com- yeah. yeah, compasses, things you ammunition, yeah. Just like animal little, poison. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are your list. So from that list, you can choose <laughs> yeah. 10 of those items on top so of what you already got. before we talk about what we would pick, um, and there may be spoilers, so if you actually want to 
um, if you actually want to watch it, then leave. Then you <laughs> should like pause it. But because we're going to talk about stuff that happens, maybe specifically in season six. Yeah. Um, and we won't get into details of other seasons that we've watched, uh, like specifics. But um, like being a student of the show, what are things that y'all learned from watching it that maybe would affect what items you would pick? Man, I don't, now after Will read all them all, I'm thinking maybe just take all the food because I know I can make it at least three or four weeks. I won't come in last place. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. People do tend to drop out at day one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so someone that hasn't watched the show and just reading, the, you know, Landon sent me the list and just kind of reading through those things, the stuff that you're given – I mean, you are given quite a bit of stuff okay. just off it, the bat. It Let seems, me, but you can't really use a lot of it out there outside of maybe the tarp. I mean, in your clothes, it, obviously. You know, if there was no list and that was, if everything was on your list, of right. you get to pick 10 oh, no. of these things, knowing that the tarp would, was there as a given, it changed my list. Yeah, because really? yeah. I put yes. a tarp on my list, yeah. that, not knowing that it was given. Correct. Yeah. But it's a canvas tarp, though. It doesn't it, matter. I can still make it work. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, there's – so, yeah, I mean, you're given quite a bit of stuff off the bat. So, I, yeah. you know, quite a few of my items so, when we get into it were the so food. So, being a, a, a student of the show, people drop out because they're lonely. That's yep. the number one reason that people drop out. And then number two – Yeah, I mean, yeah. it gets, really? it gets it in people's gets, heads. It gets like, in people's heads. Because a lot of them, too, like, have families back home. Like, they're just like – I love that solitude. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. The thing, it's, it's like the people get scared you, in like the first week, then like weeks two through three are people who get lonely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it gets hard. I mean, it, you have to have something to pass your time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like the people who do best are people who like make things mm-hmm. and like do things, but don't use a ton of energy. So. Yeah, we've all gone through a lot of practice of being alone with this COVID thing. So yeah, I'm that's true. For the next season, yeah, that's maybe true. to get up it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the season seven is airing on History Channel right now. It's current. They haven't gone all the way through, but on season seven, no one has lasted a hundred days. So you last a hundred days, you get a million dollars, and you're not competing against everyone else. Like last man standing, it's like if you make it to day hundred, you get a million dollars. So oh, if five wow. people make it, five people get a million dollars. I feel like that would be easier to have a goal. You rather than just, just like, like, <laughs> like I'm out here day 50. Who knows how yeah, much longer I'm going to be out I here. I mean, also, that's – so Jordan, who won season six, he made it 77 days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty serious. And the girl that came in second – She was like 74, 75. She was, yeah. yeah. She, I think she really could have gone a lot longer. I don't know. She was cool. Like, she, she was, was just like – She took it all in stride. Yeah, she had her hiccups and stuff, but the only reason she got pulled out was because her BMI got too low. Mm. Yeah. And she also was like, I'm done. She was like, she was content with where she was. Mm-hmm. It's like, she got everything she wanted out of the experience. Sort yeah, of thing. she even said when they pulled her out, like, I don't want to leave. Like, I like it here now. <laughs> yeah. What? No, she quit. Yeah. I think you're thinking of a different person. The person who came in second on season six, she quit. She quit. She didn't. She, didn't she wasn't pulled, pulled out medically. The uh, number four was pulled out. This really skinny girl. Yeah, who was like taking her clothes off and like, oh, I thought I would be way skinnier, but she's just like made like a bones. puppet, like out of rabbit skin. Yeah. That she they also cut her hand with a knife. She cut herself it, like six times, times and the then also stabbed episode. herself with an arrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was pulled out like relatively yeah. close to the end. Maybe that is who I'm thinking of. Because the I other girl was like was... the girl who was like she built the shelter. She like had like the best house. Like she was like I've lived in the woods for months on my own. Anyways, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
But gotcha. I don't know. I think Jordan would have won regardless because he got a moose. Give me that badger or whatever. Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, the moose was a game changer because he had tons of meat. Although Jordan was in a pickle because although he had the moose, he was still losing weight. Because he was just eating protein. He didn't quickly. have any fats or any anything else. Yeah, a wolverine stole a lot of his fat that he had stored. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into My strategy list? would be, like, gain as much weight as possible beforehand and so you can just burn a it A lot off. of people do that, yeah. knowing yeah. that they get picked. All um, garden every night. So is it is it <laughs> not watching no, the show? Go ahead. Is it how low their BMI gets, or how much it drops from where they start? I think it's during a percentage. The show. It's, it's, it's like with a hit if they hit a percentage of BMI, then they're because I'm gonna go in at 400 pounds, question. and you know I'm a right. If your BMI is drink water for high. weeks, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. So then, it's a percentage of where you it, started and where you're at currently during the show. I think it's just like if you're unhealthy. No, if you get to a too low of BMI. Yeah, so, so it, there's a BMI cutoff. So yes. I could be my BMI could be 65 <laughs> going right. in the show, and but as long as I don't get if to you're 30, healthy, if your healthy BMI is like 23 and you started out at a 65, as long as you didn't go to 22, yeah, they'll keep you in. And yeah, I don't also, think it's like oh, you have to lose if you lose person, a third of your body weight. One person like got that. pulled for blood pressure issues in the season six. In season six. They were like, oh, the guy, yeah, yeah, he yeah. didn't. I mean, he was skinny too, but it yeah. was also his other stuff that, yeah. that they were worried about. Yeah, and one girl left because she was constipated for like sixteen days. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's no fun. No, no, yeah, yeah, that was the girl who made the puppet, right? Tends that's to run like, through me when I go outside. When you need it, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, so let's let's get into our list because in, in season six was in the Arctic. So are we uh, playing as if we were going to a cold? Yeah, Arctic we're playing as we're or just whatever your it, list is. I mean, and here's my other question. So do they know what kind of environment they're headed into? Like two if, months before. So they, so, okay, that plays they into do, what they want to take. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. They don't know. They, they know like a month or two out where they're going. Okay. Yeah. I think environment's very dependent on what I take. Yeah. yeah. That's why I say we pick the Arctic because yeah. we've all seen that season. So we know it's probably go. the most accessible because it's on Netflix yeah, for everyone. For sure. Um, but so who's going I, first? I'll go first. I'm going to go my strategy. I'm just going to give you guys my straight up strategy. Dude. I am fishing like th- fishing and trapping based on what I saw in season six. I think Jordan getting a moose. He was the first person out of all six seasons to ever get a big game animal. Yeah. And I know after listening to some interviews that Wyona, the girl who got in second place, she spent like every day trying to call moose in and she couldn't get one. And she took a bow and it was basically useless. She got most of her animals trapping. Um, it seemed like like I would want to do things that expend very little calories. So I would have take two gill nets and I would set them up in different places. Really? And okay. I would take fishing hooks and line because I could use line to set traps. Yeah. Fishing line, it's 300 yards. You have a ton of set it. Set traps like for fish or for? Like rabbits and Oh, so you're squirrels. not taking the, the, the trapping wire. No, no. I'm taking fishing line because you get 300 yards. Yeah. And you can use fishing line as trapping wire because yeah. I could pick a pretty heavy fishing line to take. That's true. And then um, I'm going like fishing and then trapping. I'm set like the gill net. I set it and forget it. The... Um, the traps, I said it and forget it. I just got to tra- I just check, gotta them, check them. And then I have the fishing hooks in line, so when there's nothing to do, I can go out and fish and do it very easily, not expend that many calories. Yeah. 
Um, and then I would take a hatchet, a saw, an axe, um, a sleeping bag, a ferro rod. One guy did not take a ferro rod on season six, and that was like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, for sure. Because it also like, really br- came to bit, bite him in the end. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I would take a pot with a lid, and then I would take like um, just like a standard pocket knife. I don't think I'd do a Leatherman like or, Jordan or did. You, did you say you are taking a hunting knife? Um, or is your pocket knife your only knife? My pocket knife is my only knife. So, so I'm doing hatchet, saw, axe. I'm going tool heavy there. So what's your what's your thought but behind bringing all three, a hatchet, <clears throat> a saw, and an axe? Um, well, watching other seasons without getting too much into right, it, right. um, tools seem to be very useful. For sure. No, no, I, I totally get it, but I'm just saying, like, why a, like, a hatchet why and an not, axe yeah. are pretty similar. You why know not I mean? an axe? Because you can get done most of the time if, what if, you could with if, a hatchet with an axe. If I had to, okay, let me do this, because I was thinking hatchet because of watching other seasons. Uh-huh. I'm going to re- take the hatchet off. And I'm going to do axe because the trees in the Arctic are much smaller. And so you don't have to split wood. Because I was also kind of thinking also season one and season two are Vancouver Island. Right. They have to do – it's a lot of big limbs so like and an trees. So an was came in handy there. Correct. Because you have to split wood yeah. to be able to burn it. There the wood is so small because the trees aren't big that you could just saw wood and – you burn would be hole. good and burn it whole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that would be my strategy. I, I would drop the hatchet, and then the other item I would take would be, ooh. I might take. Did you have sleeping bag on there already? Yeah. 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 Um, man, I might take a bow then, honestly, after that. Or... Yeah, probably bow. Yeah, at that point, mainly because Landon just started shooting one. Yeah, they're fun, man. I mean, like worst case, like a bow would be fun way to pass the time. Yeah, which is why I have one on right. my list. Yes, yeah, 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 good way to pass the time for sure. Um, but yeah, that yeah, good good point about the hatchet. Yeah. Um, it seemed like in season one and season two though they need a an axe. I mean, well, I went hatchet axe saw. I don't know what I was doing. Why did I do that? I don't know. So final I, ten, what would you bring? Just name them off real fast. Um, saw, knife, like medium sized knife. Some people bring those gigantic ones. Yeah, I like that bush crafting knife. Yeah, I I don't. Um, sleeping bag, ferro rod, pot with lid, tarp, gill net times two, fishing hooks and line, and bow and arrow. Yeah, do list. Yeah. So you had eight or nine on your list? Yeah, ten. He had two gill nets. Two right. gill nets. But I just wanted to make sure he's counting the gill nets. It's, real twice. quick, why are you bringing yeah. a tarp? So I just want to know your because you're already given those the two tarps. So why is a tarp on? Tarp your list? are super useful because you can cut them up and use them for different things and yeah. like lashings so and. This is our you know, standard of the mill plastic tarp, not yep. a canvas yeah. tarp. My blue tarp. Like blue. A blue, your blue tarp you put underneath your yeah. Eureka tent. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. also okay. I would also think too, like, you know, the canvas tarp. I would also be thinking shelter because it does snow a lot there, yeah. and a tarp would be very useful. Like, you can like stack tree limbs and stuff on top of each other, but at some point, like rain and snow and stuff gets through. And so a tarp is legit waterproof. And the Arctic is all about keeping warm. For sure. Because it starts off pretty mild temperature, but it gets cold fast, and it gets cold real fast. 
Ian, you want to go next? Yeah, um, I don't have a list, but I do have a strategy to win. If you guys want to hear, yeah, yeah what's your strategy? So, to win? Um, I would bring a shovel and I would dig a giant pit, <laughs> and then I would bring the block of salt to attract the moose, <laughs> and I would bring a knife and some duct tape, and I would duct tape the knife to a long thing to make a spear, <laughs> and I would get the moose. I would get it attracted to the salt, right? Because deer and moose eat salt. And then I would spear it, and uh, you can use that to keep warm. And then everything else I would just bring for food and just try and out-survive everyone while they're building their shelters. I like it. it. You're like, hey, screw 10 items. Just give me five. I'll be good. Yeah. 25 Yeah, no, I mean, you're not really competing against the wilderness, right? You're competing against everyone else. That's the opposite of what they say. No, I said I think you're competing against yourself. For sure. Because that's the biggest thing to go. Yeah, I would try and catapult things at the other contestants to scare them. Um, it's their catapult on here. So. I do like that strategy, though. Yeah. No, seriously, block of salt, build a spear. Oh, yeah, I, I heavily consider putting salt years. on mine on my list, just because you can also salt food and store it for a while I'll if you get salt anything. On Ding. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cliff, what what's your turn? All right, so starting out in no particular order. Uh, multi-tool. Okay. And I am choosing the multi-tool on that because you get a variety of stuff. I'm thinking pliers you can use for different things. I'm thinking most of them come with like a saw-esque blade so you can trim down some stuff in the Arctic. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, item number two is duct tape. Okay. I've used duct tape many times in the outdoors, and it's come in handy. That was on you my know, honorable mentions. You know what's funny, though, is I've watched three seasons, and no one's taken duct tape. Uh, well, that's why they didn't win. Yeah, that's yeah. so why they yeah. only lasted 77 days. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, duct tapes, I think it, duct tape's an honorable yeah. uh, choice. Number three is the salt, because I'm thinking you could cure yeah. yeah, food. I, the only reason why I didn't do that is because I know you can smoke it and get about the same effect. And also, if we're doing winter in the Arctic, it's going to freeze. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing with the Arctic is that it's so cold that you almost have like a – you basically have a freezer. But if you're catching a bunch of fish, and I mean, the salt would be nice to be able to season it with. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Right? Just have <laughs> yeah. some yeah. kind of flavor. I mean, it, I mean like, salmon's great and all, but salmon's it a needs a little, little bit of something. Yeah. They're eating a lot of pike. Pike and lake trout. Oh. Yeah. yeah. yeah number four is a gill net. Okay. Um, number five is a bow. For both entertainment and hunting purposes. Yep. <laughs> Number six is a pot with lid. Yep. Seven is ferro rod. Number eight is uh, the trapping wire. Wait, no. I would probably bring the paracord over the trapping wire. I'm changing it up a little bit. Um... Mainly because I could use the paracord to lash stuff up to kind of help my shelter stand a little bit more. Yeah. And I could use it as some lightweight, like, snares yeah. of some sort. And I can build uh, with the multi-tool, like, fall traps and stuff like that. Like the, sure. the deadfall traps, yeah. the rock traps. Uh, number nine is a sleeping bag, and number ten, which I don't think will be on anyone's list, is hardtack. That's that beef jerky stuff. No, that's the biltong. Hardtack is like a, 
extremely condensed, hard biscuit okay. almost. And the reason why I'm thinking that is um, you do need carbohydrates. Because it gives you energy. Both to for energy and stuff and being a diabetic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thinking you can a, bring your insulin pump, though, right? Right, but nope. that's gonna. Cliff is out. Day two, <laughs> but that the insulin pump and stuff would make it go low. Whereas if I'm low from exerting energy, how do I bring it up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hard tech yeah. would bring it up. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah, so kind of type one. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Not type two. All right. Will, would you bring? So having not watched the show and being sent a list and also not knowing we're going to the Arctic, I wasn't informed of that. But <laughs> hey, uh, my list there. doesn't my, my list doesn't change a whole whole lot knowing that. Um so I've got on my list and I kinda went tools. Uh, I think they're very important no matter where you're at. So axe and saw. Yep. Um I think for sure for firewood, for shelter, yeah. for everything you're gonna need some something axe and saw and uh, next, I went a pot with a lid. Yep. Some kind of something to cook, boil water. I mean, there's so many uses for yeah. a pot with a lid. Um, next, I got a hunting knife. I mean, whatever you can accomplish with a pocket knife, you can probably accomplish with a hunting knife. And I'm not talking like a, this is a knife, you know, crocodile right. den knee knife, but, you know, good hunting knife. No, those people take like, those bushcrafter knives. Yeah. I don't really, I don't uh, understand. I'm taking myself a good bench made yeah. hunting knife. Yeah. You can pretty much get done whatever you need to with that. Um, Next, I got a roll of duct tape. I think, like Cliff said, duct tape is just, there's so many uses for it. You can build um, a boat out if you wanted to. I, <laughs> there, there are so many uses for it. And, uh, my, one of my other ones was uh, the 300 yards of fishing line and 25 hooks. Yep. So, I, I, you know, I can think of myself getting a really long willow and getting some small little branches, wrapping that in duct tape, making myself some Takara rod. Takara rod. You, <laughs> you better believe yeah. it, man. <laughs> you better believe it, making myself cane a pole. little t- cane pole. Yeah, cane pole, Takara rod. Um, uh, 12 by 12 tarp. I think that was, uh, you know, you're talking about how you get given a – canvas tarp but there are so many uses for a, a plastic tarp for shelter purposes right. mm-hmm. i think that that would so yeah, for, that stayed canvas. on my it stayed on my list yeah uh, or for water too i mean because like, you can use it as a reservoir yeah you know yeah for sure so there's just yeah but you're in the arctic so you can like during the spring summer months there's access to fresh water boil it yeah it's good to drink uh in the winter months there's snow you can melt it, boil it. Tarp, you don't have yeah. to need a tarp to collect water. Mm-hmm. You don't, but I mean, like, there is something that's said to like just have like I, a passive way of collecting water. Yeah, because yeah. that's like such an important. And I think resource. I think it's more of a shelter thing. I mean, like you're saying, you know, we're in the winter in, in the Arctic. It's yeah. going to snow, and yeah, that, that's going to that's going to just help keep that off of you. It's going to see. Help I give think you a I could build a good enough shelter to keep me warm enough, especially without with a, a sleeping bag without a tarp. Yeah. Well, you're expending all the energy. I'm gonna put my tarp up. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think I'd expend that much energy doing it. No, I mean, I, I mean, a basic well, A-frame is. And let's talk about the people that won first and second place. Wyona had the best shelter by far. Jordan's shelter was like was basically good. a tarp. Yeah, oh, they it was made basically like little houses. Jordan's was basically like a tarp with a couple other accessories, but he uses tarp for a shelter. But Jordan won because he got way more food than she did. That's yeah, for what sure. it came down yeah. to. He was was able calories. to get and that kind of food. segues into my next last couple items. Uh, I think having food. I mean, being out there expending energy, doing everything else you're doing, food is going to be huge. And I think being able to have some food if you're not able to catch fish or do anything else is going to be really important. So I had uh, the five pounds of gorp 
I'll eat an M&M or a peanut here and there, just kind of yeah. a little bit keep me going. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's, real. That's really easy to divvy up. Five pounds of that is really easy to divvy up into portions, kind of keep you right. going. It's not mm-hmm. a whole lot, but it's at least a little bit of something. On a day you the, don't catch any food. Yeah, on, and so on a day that I'm not catching anything, I'm not, you know. Or I, if you just have to have energy to even attempt I got to a little bit anything. of this, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you can, and then I, the rest of it, two pounds of rice and a pound of, uh, pound of salt and then the five pounds of uh, biltong. I think so. If I'm not you're going being food the, heavy, I'm going food heavy. Yeah, because if you're if you do not have energy, you did you take are a gill worthless. net? I didn't take a gill net. So I you am, did fishing hook and line. Yeah. Did you take a sleeping bag? Uh, I did not take a sleeping bag. Gotcha. So you were given you were given so much stuff up front. Yeah. That you've got all that clothing. I mean, I can wrap myself in my canvas, sure. canvas tarp. And you put have, my, you have I would put just all say, my clothing in there. That's like the one thing that everybody has yeah. brought. So that might be the one thing because you haven't watched the show. Yeah. But I don't know. Because I thought about the, the sleeping bag. Too, Even I was like, there were some nights where people were cold, bundled up in all their clothes, and a sleeping yeah. bag, and a fire. Yeah. I would also say, though, they do give Sitka to all those participants. Well, no. Uh, there's only like <laughs> Jordan. Two, there's only like two people who had Jordan Sitka. Had, right? uh, Kuyu. Jordan had Kuyu. Yeah, I don't winner. think they give Sitka to everybody. Well, they uh, there's a lot of them wearing sick. I think what, like six. two people had sick. One lady had her own. I want to go on there, and I want to say they I, say, "What do you want? We're buying you one thing. I want the sick of duck waiters." I bet you have to buy it yourself. I, I doubt they. Yeah, buy I don't. Really so, Cliff, like sick of duck waiters first day. I'm out. I'm going duck hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the sleeping bag. Like you said, having not watched the show, thinking about it, that I mean, you can't really. Imitate a really, really good yeah. sleeping bag in negative twenty. You know, a really good hunt. Yeah. And you bag. know, hunting in the Arctic. So, like season six is the Arctic. Hunting in the Arctic would be way more product is like pretty productive for a lot of people. But season one and two are on Vancouver Island. Hunting is not productive at all. It's all, about it's the, all fishing. All about the gill yeah. If you, it's all about the gill net. And then it rains so much, like hard there, that you're stuck in your shelter. Yeah. A lot. So, so having that passive, like, gill net set up to mm-hmm. where if it's raining all day and the tide's low, you, you can, can run warm. and check. Yeah. You can run out and check while it's raining. You can go back to your shelter. Sure. Yeah. So my 10 items were a ferro rod, for sure, a pot and lid, fishing line and hooks, a hunting knife, bow and arrows, a gill net, sleeping bag, an axe, the tarp, and paracord. All right. Yeah. Paracord. Kind of surprised. Paracord. Why didn't that make your people... list? Why did it? Yeah. There's just a lot of things you can do with it. Like yeah. you said, you can make your your uh, structure a lot more sound. You know, you can... you can also cut it and pull one strain out, and it makes a good fishing line. That's very true. Yeah. Well, you know what? Also, Jordan made the winner. He I mean, made another gill net with it. He made a gill net out of oh, his paracord. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of what that's, I was thinking. Yeah. Like. There's just so much you could do with it, or like a, a guy, a guy made a uh, a net, like a fishing net, with it as well. So that way, if he caught one on his line, oh, he nice. could just bring it in because yeah. he was losing fish left and right. Yeah. Okay. So there's just a lot of things I, like I feel that. like. You well, could do and with then it. Jordan also used it for because he had to make his food kept getting stolen by wolverines. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So cool story. <laughs> he a wolverine was stealing his moose fat. And, like, leaving him all the meat. That's why he was, like, losing happens. weight, I know. <laughs> and so he set up this, like, can system yeah. to where, like, 
they would like trip wires and rattle cans so he could wake up in the night. So he wins. He goes out and he sees this Wolverine and he shoots it <laughs> and pins it to the ground with a bow grabs, and arrow. With a bow and arrow, it's pinned to the ground and then goes and gets his axe and wow, axes finishes yeah. moves. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine like the post game interview? Like, what was your biggest? Uh, problem doing this. Oh, I missed my family. I felt so alone. He was like, "Oh, my biggest problem was Wolverine." <laughs> man, bear pig. I mean, but bear yeah, man, they, bear they, county. Yeah, I guess they didn't Marvel have Fox. any like they didn't have any big. No one had a big animal run in in season six. I guess get like a like a bear or a season lion. one. Like a lot of people run into bears, and they legitimately have to use their emergency equipment because it's like a mama and her cubs. And, yeah. And they're like out, like they're yeah, like, like I'm not checking out their they're, tent, you know. They're like, I quit. Call, come and pick me up, you know. So at least the animal, you know, there's bears up there, but I think with the Arctic being so spread out and resources being so spread out, the animals are also spread out, so you're less likely to run into them. But well, guys, we're at about time. You guys have any other like comments y'all want to add to? Uh, I'm surprised more of us didn't pick the multi tool. Like I get it. Like on a normal day and stuff i would choose a hunting knife but a multi-tool i feel like the pliers could come in extreme handiness so i had that on i had four honorable mentions and multi-tool was on there and i think really thinking about it i might choose that over the bow and arrows just knowing how ineffective it really is because like like you see those guys finding the tin cans and stuff and they're able to make fishing lures out of them and with pliers that's and stuff, you were able to do yeah. it. You know? yeah. Because I mean, I, also, anything you find, you're able to use. That's another rule. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they actually, a lot of stuff washes up on the beach, and right. you know they can so take use I, of I'm cans curious why like you that. would choose to pull out the bow and arrow and not your hunting knife. Uh, because like skinning things with a multi-tool is a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, but it can still but... be done, and you have a lot of time to do it. I think the biggest thing is just because watching the seasons, like the bow and arrow... It just is not that effective ever. You know Except what I mean? when it is. Right. Like, and it but, wins you the season. Yeah, yeah. but there's like one guy, but it like to be honest, had it gone any longer, it might have killed him. Or they might have pulled him out because of it, because he wasn't getting the other uh, nutrients and stuff that he needed. Yeah, but he could have killed oh, man, something else. Man, if you got to shoot a Wolverine, you want that bow. Yeah, or, oh, yeah, for sure. And that's why I put it on there. But it's just like, that's why it was or like, I don't Phillips know. Or the Phillips head screwdriver on that multi-tool. That's really going to come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just feel like, yeah, I would rather skin with a true hunting knife. Mm-hmm. But I think the benefits of having the pliers and everything is why I choose the multi-tool over the hunting knife. Yeah. yeah, I'm not giving up the bow no matter how unproductive it has seemed because I love archery. It's yeah. a high-risk, high-reward item. Right. right. That For sure. Yeah. And for sure. I am willing to make that bet mainly because if all else fails and I don't kill anything with the bow, which spending that much time out there I find kind of unlikely... But I can at least use it as a entertainment purpose to help keep your mind occupied. Yeah, I do get that. Yeah, and I know archery does that for me for sure. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, I think one thing I was thinking about too is like those multi tools, like Leatherman and stuff. Like their blades are good, but they're not that good. I I kind of worry about like the longevity. Like you get a bench made like with good quality steel. It's gonna be sharp it's the whole last. time I'm out there. Not necessarily. Well, you're gonna have to sharpen it. If you but, if you're getting a bunch of animals, you don't you won't you will have to sharpen it. 
But the reason I didn't put a sharpening stone on my list was if you're in the Arctic and you're near a river, which if I'm not, then my gill net's completely useless anyway. But if I'm near a river or something like that, there's normally small stones and stuff, at least smooth stones. We got a helicopter flying over. Give it a second. (laughs) In the outdoors. So... If you're along a riverway, you normally get smooth stones. You could find some sort of a stone to sharpen your knife enough to get the job done. So I'm not really concerned about the longevity of the blade lasting because even a Benchmade blade or whatever blade you're using is going to get dull. Yeah, I will. No matter what, if you're utilizing it, it's going to get dull. For sure, but I just, I mean, maybe I haven't done as much research into multi-tools, but they just never seem as high quality as... Yeah. No, they're not. You know they're not. Mean? 100% not. And, like, having a sharp knife is extremely Necessity. important. You know right, I mean? but I feel Absolutely. like the benefit you get from the pliers, the saw that's in the multi-tool, I can make do with the less superior blade... Of what comes with a standard hunting knife. No, no, I get by it. By sharpening it regularly. For sure. Plus. And, and that's like you said, that's just why everyone brings 10 different items. Because they feel like they can use utilize it. Utilize it yeah. to make them win. Right. Like you would bring a bow and arrow because like that's essential for you. Not just in producing food, but also to keep you entertained. And help right. you win that side of it as well. Right. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all we got, guys. Any Any closing words? Nope. What are we talking about next time? Don't let emus into your bar. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let emus so into your bar. Uh, what, what's our topic for next time? Um, I think we only planned three. This is kind of a problem. We'll figure it out. We don't, yeah, they don't even know. You guys will come back next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was so good. You guys are definitely coming back next week. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, guys. We'll see y'all on the next one. Good evening.